Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good morning. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in and get in quick so we can get to your answers. We don't have to chop you off at the end of the show uh we are buchanan service centers 50th and dodge 80th and dodge and guaranteed brakes 49th avenue and dodge so the fixed brakes right the first time and we're on dodge you can find us i am bob and next to me as always is kyle kyle's back this week mark did a great job last week with all the calls that we had but so keep them going yeah keep them coming you know it's kind of a, yesterday was oppressive i tell oh, you god. What. oh my god let you know where you're standing <laughs> field of being fit and ready to be outside yeah yeah if you're not a mechanic and had to work outside check mark yeah you got uh you got that under control so yeah, you deserve an award <laughs> <laughs> and so i got up this morning to do a project and uh it's still a little sticky out there so but you know i'm laying underneath the vehicle so i got shade yeah just turn the sprinkler on yourself you know yeah yeah, yeah. Turn the sprinkler on. Maybe get a little fan, something like that, to, to stick underneath there. All you need is just a little bit of wind blowing. Yeah. Unless you're get trying through to, it. Yeah. Unless you're trying to solder something or, you know, something that it's wind dependent. You know, you can't uh, can't can't do that if it's blowing a hundred mile an hour either. So not with that attitude. Well, that's. <laughs> I, I, I'm getting a little fussy in my old age, I suppose. Yes, I, I'm surprised. I yeah. And I, well, I gotta. You know, I got always got to have a drink within, you know, arm's ring, you know, length, just in case. You know, yeah. You don't want to get up to get a, a drink no. of whatever you've got, yeah. water, slash, whatever. <laughs> we'll leave that open. <laughs> yes, leave that open. I'm sure there's been more than one car repair that's done, and I know there has been. I because I've uh, I witnessed it many years. I had one, one friend that would pretty much always fix his car from a uh, a lawn chair. Yeah. And a cooler. Cooler. Right next to there. Yep. Yeah, he take a, he was already taking a break. He just was uh, intermittently working. Yeah, no point in rushing these things. No. He always got it done, too. But yeah. uh, he was the most comfortable guy working on a car I think i ever seen. But <laughs> <laughs> So I'm looking up a couple of uh, articles, just kind of just seeing what's out there, you know. And um, there was one that was very interesting, I thought. And, and we probably don't know too much about this here in this part of the country. But it has to do with uh, somebody getting pulled over in the HOV lane. Okay. And she's got she got a ticket. Okay. About two hundred twenty five bucks. 
But she's fighting the ticket because they're she's pregnant. Okay. <laughs> well. well. <laughs> all right. I, I don't know quite. I, you know, so technically, I suppose. I, what do you have to be passed? Six months. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I think it's got to be somebody in a car seat. I think that's kind of how they. they yeah, they I mean, the seatbelt kind of does. Anyway, she's arguing it and uh, was, is hoping to probably win when she probably won't. But uh, I just thought it was an interesting article too. Uh, yeah. People, people will try anything, as you as you know, Kyle. <laughs> We've seen it. <laughs> We've seen it. <laughs> the gas station is a fun place to work. It really is. Not only do we get to work on cars all day, but we get to see a lot of interesting people, and you know, it just makes life fun. You know, and. In my hiatus last week, you know, I was trying to watch, you know, some reality TV mm-hmm. and, you know, the Jerry Springer show, you know, and the Judge Judy, all this stuff. And I was like, this just isn't even exciting. This does nothing for me. No, no. And all a good gas station. Yes. And all you former mechanics and mechanics that listen at all and you just work in a regular garage with like regular guys around and you don't get any interaction from just You those, are missing out. You are missing out. You really are because the uh, the, the people watching is uh, it's just... It's, I consider it a benefit. It, 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 it is a little... It I consider a that ben- a benefit. You know, people appreciate 401ks and insurance. Nope. It's all about environment for me. <laughs> Sometimes it is. I tell you what. You know, and I found it, another article, um, and this was, you'll, you'll like this one, Kyle. This, oh. So somebody had done a timing belt and water pump and tensioner okay. and everything else, you know, that goes along with doing a, a, that particular job. Okay. And when you're done, you throw all those parts away. And somebody somewhere um, in, in the United States here had uh, t- taken the timing belt tensioner and put the pin back in. And then they took it somewhere and they left it on the counter. And suppose, who do you suppose got called? Oh. <laughs> the bomb squad got <laughs> called for that. So for those of you that don't know what that looks like, it's a, it's a timing belt tensioner and it has a spring that gets held back by a pin that looks like. It gr- could be a grenade. It looks like it could be a grenade. In some instances, they do turn into grenades. Because Yeah, when you hit them, they pull apart, blow apart. But yeah. it, it looks, the pin is there to hold it back so that when you get the timing belt done, you pull the pin, it, it ejects out, it puts tension on the belt, and your job is done. That's the end of the timing belt, and you start putting it back together. Yeah. But if you take that and put the pin in there and you take it somewhere, and I don't know if it was, uh, it was left, nobody was ever in trouble for it. Somebody maybe took it out of their pocket and set it somewhere, knowing maybe what it was going to be. But, you know, every once, every once in a while, we'll, parts make it home in our pockets. And oh, yeah. like, where did that come from? Or why did that there? But Well, it, I guess I got my weekend planned. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, the, the, the store got cleared, and uh, they came in and checked it all out and found it to be a timing belt tensioner. Yeah, kind of a backfire thing. Kind of. I was watching Joe Dirt the other week when he had that septic tank strapped to his back. You thought it was an atom bomb. Kind of the same scenario. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's it's uh and uh, I'm sure somebody dreamt that up and thought that, and that's kind of why it went out there. Um, so anyway, I, I thought that was for those of you that worked on cars and have seen that, you'll you'll understand why that's a, a big deal. So, what, what else did we find? We got everything working over there. Somebody's out there calling. Somebody's us. out there. I know somebody's out there calling. I, I know they're getting ready to, and you're just scared to pick up the phone. 
pick up the phone. We'll solve your problem. Help yeah. you solve your problem. You got two minutes, or we're going through the phone book. Somebody's getting a call this morning. Yeah, we're gonna make random phone calls. There yeah. you go, Kyle. Here, you know, here was an article that I thought was kind of interesting. I thought everybody had this. It's they are now going in Florida. They're going to now start giving tickets to people who blast their music. Thank God. And, too, and exhaust. Nice. That you know, well, you know, we've had a lot of cackle on exhaust. Oh, it sounds up, terrible. It goes up and down Dodge Street. I, yeah, I don't know the note and, and people that, that like, I don't know, there's different, different everything's different of who wants what. But I just figured everybody would have some sort of an ordinance. Oh, you think? I think we have an ordinance here in well, town. I mean, there's that, a noise ordinance. but Yeah, and they are horrible because uh, it, it, they only seem to want to accelerate when there's next to a building that can... Yeah, and I mean, our garage doors face Dodge Street, so right when they let off the gas and their over-advanced engine backfires, yeah, you, well, you g- echoes right in my ear. Yeah, and they come down, they accelerate hard, so it all comes off of Chris's Rexall there and bounces <laughs> in and out of the store, and uh, you can't even have a conversation sometimes. But I thought there was, I guess, catching that person is probably tough. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that we had not I just thought it was odd that, that Florida had to enact something like that and get a hundred and... Fourteen dollar fine to, to have that kind of problem. So. Well, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. Anything that quiets. Of course, you know we both have had loud exhausts in the past. Yeah. Then we're past that. Past that. So maybe you got to be. Uh, what's that? Eighteen to twenty four. There needs to be like an age range. Eighteen to twenty four, yeah. and then you got to go back and put it back yeah, to no, stock. No more bumblebee muffler. <laughs> Don't need a vacuum cleaner car. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in, fill up those lines, and we'll be back in just a quick second to answer the questions. And welcome back to the Great Mechanic Debate, where Barney Fenders is really taking a beating from our incumbent, Mr. Mechanic. Barney, you say you want to eliminate all car loan debt, but uh, how exactly do you plan to pay for it? What do you mean, how am I going to pay for it? Shouldn't you just be happy that you're not going to have car loan debt anymore? I mean, come on! But to answer your question, I'm going to raise taxes. (laughs) Hey, what? Hey, hey, hey! Only on the wealthiest car owners, okay? After all, it's like I always say, if you drive a Lamborghini, you can pay an extra fee-fee. Oh, okay. Mr. Mechanic, you say the car industry is the best it's ever been, but how exactly are you planning to stop car factories from opening in other countries? How will I stop factories from opening in other countries? Easy. I'll simply tell them that they can't do it anymore. And if if they do, well, then I'll just come up with a funny nickname to call them. (laughs) What? That's the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. Calling people nicknames? Are you in third grade? Oh, what's wrong? Boring Barney. (laughs) I just came up with that. I am not boring. You're like a boring old shoe, Barney. I'm very informative, okay? You smell like a shoe, too. Gentlemen, please, let's keep this civil. You know what? You don't know how to change a tire. You take that back right now. I know it. Old man. You've never done it. I only sniffed it once. And we'll be right back with more of the great mechanic debate after a word from our sponsors. The Mr. Mechanic Show is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Call to schedule your appointment today at 402-393-2722.
All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show, 558-1110. You're here with Bob and Kyle. We're here ready to answer the questions. And uh, we've got John, 06 Explorer, on the line. John, what's going on? I've got a – I'm just curious. It takes 5W30. Is it better to – it's got 180,000 miles on it. Is it good to use full synthetic or the 50-50? I just use standard 530. Yeah. I don't want to go with anything thinner with that many miles. Depends on how many more oil leaks you want. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's, the reason being is that that synthetic, and maybe I imagine an 06 Explorer, it's got a couple oil leaks. So the the synthetic is so thin. It's, gr- it's great for your car. I mean, r- don't get me wrong. It's so thin, but it, it'll find a lot of oil leaks that you never had with normal 530. I agree with Kyle. I'd stick, stick with, with 530. Yeah. 530 is what got you here. Let's let's keep up with it. I, I don't know that I would switch midstream. Nope. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Yep. No problem at all. All right. Thank you. You bet. You're Appreciate welcome. the call. Yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, you got to dance with who brought you. Yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. And a lot of cars problems. nowadays are going synthetic, full synthetic, uh, 520, 530, 020. We've got, got some 016s out there and some in some Toyota products, I think it is. The consistency it? of water. <clears throat> yeah, it, it is. So you kind of have to – there's a big thing inside of the engines are such tight tolerances now if you don't kind of use the oil. We've said this before. If you don't use the oil that's supposed to go in there, you get what they call oil damming, and oil damming is the oil that sits on the outside of the bearing and never penetrates through the bearing, to the bearing, and gets proper lubrication. So the thicker it will you, eventually, yeah, because it'll lock <laughs> it up. But uh, yeah, so the thicker way, if you ask for zero sixteen and you're putting five thirty in it, you're not getting the lubrication that, that engine needs, and that's going to shorten the life of the engine. And those are ten plus thousand dollars. So. Don't. But we do those. Yeah, we do those too. No trouble at all. Come and find us. <laughs> all right. We're going to head over to Don. Don's got an 18 Ford Fusion. Don, what's going on? Uh, yeah, I have a Ford Fusion. Since the Ford Fusion was new, I have parasitic uh, battery drain. If I leave the Fusion set in the garage for a week, week and a half, uh, the battery's dead. Mm. Is there anything I can do about this? Well, yeah, there is. And the and the battery uh, shows good. I mean, it's a good battery. It doesn't have dead cells or anything. Right, right. Is it the original battery? Yes. Okay. So and when this, you're getting this is this has been this way since the car was new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you've got a problem somewhere in the car. Uh, what, what Kyle was kind of alluding to is, is if you dry, so you obviously don't get into it for a couple of weeks at a time. Is kind of what the problem is. Yeah. That's correct. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you can get into it, and it's just going to cost you time and materials. And what that is is just you hook a you hook a amp or a gauge up to it, a meter up to it, and you check the milliamps. And anything above fifty milliamps is pretty too strong. Anything below that is is okay. And a lot of times things will run what Kyle in the ten to 15 milliamps kind of depends sometimes kind of depends on the circuit yeah, yeah i mean but i mean that's Things, that would be a tough one to find i mean even for us i mm-hmm. mean there's there's so many i mean even on a two, 2018 i mean there's so many modules and they all have to draw something and they're all going to want to come awake i mean otherwise your clock won't stay set your radio won't stay set i mean they're going to come back and forth on and off 
It would be a really hard problem. To yeah, find. and what he's talking about is that things will all go down dormant and go down to maybe 10 milli, uh, milliamps. And then all of a sudden, you'll see something pop up to 50 milliamps. Well, that's the radio coming on. That's the security system coming on. That's something else coming on. It's up, looking around. Is anything wrong? No, nothing's wrong. We've kind of gone through some checks. Back down to zero we go. To find something that the key here is is it needs to be going at the time that you're looking at it. If it takes a week and a half for it to happen, that's the that's going to take a long time. That's the caveat there. That's that's it's going to be very difficult to find it because it literally can be from bumper to bumper mm-hmm. and anything in between. Okay, is is there anything like you could put some sort of a gadget on it to battery maintainer? Yeah, a battery maintainer. You could go out and get a different battery that has the, the biggest and strongest and baddest battery that you can that has... Re- AGM or something yeah, like that it, with a deep cycle. Yep, that has uh, some good, strong reserve capacity in it. Um, there are also other things out there on the market that will allow it to... It'll monitor the voltage. Disconnect it, yeah. Disconnect it. So, exactly. So, if it says, hey, I'm getting down to 10.5 volts... I know that this machine knows that it, I've got one more start in me. So if I disconnect the power at 10.5 volts after a week and a half, you've just kicked the button. Boom! You got one more time to start it, and you can go out and get the go out and drive it and get the battery charged back up. Yeah, they make those too. That's, is, that's is there, okay. Is there is this typical of the newer cars to have a large drain over a couple of weeks? Sure, we see it. Yes. Yeah, um, nothing that kills the battery. By and large, no, you don't have that kind of problem. Um, everything pretty much shuts down. But back 25 years ago, we had a PCM, and we had a BCM, and that was it. We had two. Yeah, now we now, have 50. Now we got 50, and everything is a module. I mean, you got seatbelt modules. you got window modules. I mean, everything is a module, and everything has a printed circuit board in it, excuse me, and uh, two, three, four chips, and that's part of the reason we have uh, okay so what would, be the, what would be the typical time for a drain uh, on a new car sitting three four weeks maybe yeah depending on the manufacturer i mean europeans probably less yeah yeah you know some mercedes runs two batteries one to handle all the load the electrical load that's on it and another one to start the car because that they, makes sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> It does. It does for them because it, it just has so much electrical on it and everything is electrical. You've got to have some. And the the battery that drains that side is a huge battery. The other one that, you know, it, it's just got a real teeny one and it's got a huge one. Mm-hmm. I would probably say you should be able to set a car for a month and not have a problem on most cars. I, I would okay. say. Most domestics, yeah. Yeah. I would Give say. Give or take the climate. I start, uh, well, you know, I, I, park, I park my one car for six, seven months at a time. Mm-hmm. And I started up after after six seven months, and I don't put a battery charger on it. So that's not a new that's not a newer model, though, right? Well, that's a fifteen, two thousand fifteen. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I park it for the winter time and don't drive it for six seven months, and come back and fire the car up. So that that's how typically it should work. So you got something going on there. It's just a matter of if you're going to catch it. If you can catch it when it's happening, great, great. It's going to be a tough uh, one, though. Your mechanic can solve okay, it. So, so if I if I put an amp meter on it, how do I? Uh, I know I should connect that in series, but uh, is there a special meter that I can put on it, or any kind of amp clamp will work? Yeah, you know, you, just you, a clamp you, you that goes around the ground di- ground wire. 
Oh, so, so you can just use a clamp rather than uh, disconnecting the battery. Yeah, sure. All we're looking for is amps. Yeah, that's how we do it. It's just easier. We just got a clamp that plugs into the to the voltmeter and just put it over the wire. It tells us really quickly instead of going through and doing all the settings and, and this, that, and the other. It's just That way you're not disconnecting the system right. and you're seeing what the system's right. actually doing rather than making a break in the system and causing an open and yeah. you, know, you could cause things to come on or go off by doing that. So we just use a clamp. Yeah. And, okay. I mean, you don't need an expensive one. I mean, you can get them at the hardware store for less than 40 bucks and just set it on milliamps and put it on there and see what it says. Yep. Yep. Try that, Don. we got to move on. We're going to have to uh, take a quick break here in just a minute. So uh, everybody that's hanging on, hang on again. We'll get Thank, a, get, thank get, you very much. You bet, You're Don. Welcome. Appreciate the call. Hey, everybody that's hanging on the line, we'll be back in a minute. All right, we are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show. We're going to blast right back into the calls and go to Tom O's, what, 14 GMC ter- Terrain. Tom, what's going hey, on? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Good. Hey, uh, I've got uh, this Terrain. It's the uh, six-cylinder <clears throat> SLT, and she's been a good good, good car for me. But I got uh, a little over 250000 on her now. I take good care of her, but put yeah. about 3000 plus a month on her. Wow. Should... Should I be uh, is this is this a pretty good engine? Uh, should I be worried about timing chain replacement before the things blow up? Uh, should I be worried about transmission falling out? Uh, if I got this many miles on her, she's still pretty good. Uh, or do I just leave well enough alone and keep my eyes shut and keep driving? Well, I mean, your transmission. Are you servicing that regularly? Absolutely. Sure. That, that's how I'm getting all these miles on here. I, I agree Don't with Don't worry that. about that. Keep servicing that. You're going to be fine as far as the timing chain goes. Um, Surprised you haven't had a problem yet. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, Great. You know, now, is this the type of timing chain that if it breaks, it bends all the valves like my uh, the, the 72 Celica and my 73 Mercedes did? Oh, you bet it could. I yeah. mean, any engine could have essentially be an interference engine depending on rate of speed. But, yeah. Um, and they do all that. Most things now are interference engines just in order for you to get the pistons as close to the, the valves as you can to get horsepower. And that's really okay. why it is. I mean, when they were non-interference engines, they could they could make that gap a lot, but then the horsepower goes way down. Yeah, you lose fuel efficiency. and Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think those things ever dump a timing chain as normal. They can, but I don't think they ever really do. What they do is stretch. And the guides will break and then... I mean, by the time you lose a tooth of timing, your engine's in a flat stall anyway. Yeah, and it's, so, it's running poorly, uh, okay. check engine light, all that other kind of stuff it comes on. and They put some fail-safe kind of things in there to kind of prevent that. But, I mean, if you don't have any kind of rattling going on in your engine or, I mean, you change your oil regularly, I don't see any reason to get in there. And, no, I, I don't. Yeah, I would probably wouldn't do anything with the timing chain until such time as it shows you something to do because you can make that decision because at 250,000 miles, it's – the resale value is gone, and uh, you might as well just use it for what you're using it for and just take care of it the best you can. Yeah. Transmission is, is yeah. one of those things that's going to happen, but the fact that you're servicing it all the time is the reason it's lasting like it is. Usually they're out. Well, I've been through, I've been through so many oil changes, uh, brake, uh, brakes, shocks. You know, all, all that stuff, to me, that's just normal maintenance yeah. if you're going to keep a vehicle for a while. Sure. Right, right. I, my theory was always buy it once, buy it good, and take care of it, and and keep it for a long time. Why, it's it's always every car is a depreciating asset. Why why beat it up so that you go got to buy another one that's going to depreciate on you? 
I agree. Hey, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. You, you bet. Got it. Appreciate your car. Thank you. Uh, okay, we're going to head over to Jeremy. Jeremy's got a 2017 Arcadia. Jeremy, what's going on today? Yes, uh, I've got, uh, like you said, the 17 Acadia. Um, got 75,000 miles on it. Um, the transmission seems to uh, slip, I would say, under light load or slight acceleration, 40 to 50 miles an hour, uh, you know, maybe on a slight incline. Seems like it's slipping and letting in and out. Um, I, do you guys know of any problems with those transmissions in that condition? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we just did one a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, they uh, so is the check engine light on at all, or are you just feeling this? Just feeling this. Okay, all right. The reason I ask that question is because the way the engine runs is it directly affected on how the transmission shifts because it's all electronic. So if you're having a misfire or a plug or a coil or something like that that's that's kind of there but not there, it can affect the way the transmission shifts. So that's okay. that's just relatable. Um, okay. uh, otherwise, yes, they're kind of a problem transmission and 75 is 75 to about 150 is generally their jumping off point. Yep, yep. Jumping off point. So have you serviced it at all? I have not. I, I took it to the dealership. We bought it from a local dealership and they, uh, looked at it. Didn't see anything. Nothing came up on codes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually been there a couple of times. The first time they couldn't duplicate it. The second time I gave them more specific instructions on when it was happening, they got it duplicated. They told me it was looking for gears, mm-hmm. um, but I, I I just can't believe that. I guess and it's it's an almost all the time occurrence. So um, I have not. They told me they weren't going to worry about servicing it until a hundred thousand miles to do doing any change or oil change or anything on it. What do you guys recommend for that? Well, if you got a problem already, I mean, servicing it can either go one or two ways. Either it gets a little bit better or it's totally done. Yeah. It, it, okay. Yeah, it will solve your problem or you've now just uh, spent a bunch of money. And that bunch of money okay. is going to be somewhere in the $5,000, $6,000 range in order to do it. So right. if, if, you were, if you were asking that question at sixty or 70,000 miles and you just called and said, hey, it's about time to service my transmission. I have no issues. Things run beautiful. We'd probably we'd tell you to do it, but we're not right. we're not going to tell you. And they're probably telling you the same thing. We're not going to tell you to do it um, if, if there's an issue. If there's an issue, it, it, it it's a gamble. It really is. It's a fifty fifty gamble. You can fluid gets old and fluid gets dirty, and you put in brand new slippery fluid, and that either causes those two problems, solves your problem, or right. creates a bigger one. Right. Hate to say that. Well, I guess just how it I, I guess I'll get I, I guess I'll get it in and get it <laughs> to get it in because <laughs> you know we want to keep we want to keep the car sure with car prices the way they are we, you know and uh, we bought it certified pre-owned so we you know felt like it was a pretty good you know buy um, and it had you know been maintained up to that point uh, well and yeah. I've done all the oil changes myself and everything so yeah. well if you're prepared um, to put a tranny in it then I would say service it and see if it goes away. Yeah. Right. Be, be prepared to do that, and uh, then then try the easiest thing first, and say, "Well, hey, that worked," or "No, that didn't work." Yeah. Right. And yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate you guys' opinion. Thank you. You bet. Appreciate the call. Yeah, those are those are tough. They really are. Yeah, that's a big decision to make. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're talking five grand. Yeah. It's uh, well. Let's go get some fluid and drain this out, and 
Well, you know what plan B is. You know, we've been in that situation so many times, and we finally got to the point we said, you know, if somebody comes and asks for a transmission service, the first question out of out of our mouth is why. Yeah. And if it's because I need normal maintenance, then then we talk cool. about it and do it. And if there's anything else that we and it's we just we we don't want to create problems. We don't want to we don't wanna, we don't want to do a service that create problems for people. And you get the people that don't tell you, and you do the service, and you're pushing it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we have pushed a couple oh, out. God. That's what brought on that. Uh, not that. a good phone call on our part. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Hey, how's your day going? <laughs> all right, so, all right. Yeah, well, we'll take one more call. We're going to head uh, we'll head over to John. John wants some suggestions on what's the easiest car to work on. John, go ahead. Hey, yeah. Uh, so I was thinking about, you know, uh, whatever next car I might buy, I'd really like to make it easy for, you know, my mechanic uh, to work on, you know. And I, I see some mechanics driving different vehicles. Um, you know, I was thinking about buying a truck, you know, cause there's a lot of room to get into the engine there. And then I was thinking, well, you know, maybe a Buick, but, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm looking at like all these old Honda civics I see rolling around the roads. It's like they last forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just wondering, I was just wondering what, what type of car has enough room for a mechanic to get into, like where they don't have to like tear the whole engine apart to replace like one part, you know, like what's the easiest car? Well, like uh, anything for- else, mechanics come in all shapes and sizes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So sometimes we got to go get another mechanic in order that's got skinny arms to stick in there and, and uh, <laughs> grab something we, us other guys that got big arms can't get to. So, And, you know, sometimes they need help cracking a bolt that they can't get loose. So it, it works both ways. I probably wouldn't be so much worried about what the mechanic's going to do. He's, no, he's, he's gonna he does it for a living. He, he does it for a living. He doesn't even think about it when he has to use two hands and two fingers to try to take a bolt off. That's just part of. That's just life for him. Yeah. I half our day is spent with our arm over our shoulder trying to scratch our back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. So I don't know. You know, unless you got an older guy, but I wouldn't so much buy my car based on what he wants to work. I would base my purchase on what's going to last and get what you like get what you like and life's too short to drive an ugly vehicle that's always been my uh, philosophy and you know you get a car for what you use it for 80 percent of the time so that's how you that's how you purchase a car and then you You need a truck twice a year probably don't get a truck yeah you can go rent that you know for you can go make a buddy at a bar and get some stuff home from the hardware store. Yeah, yeah, and go to Lowe's <laughs> and get something there for a hundred bucks for a weekend. If you need a car most of the time because you're traveling, for, you know, SUV, car, all that kind of stuff. That's that's how we approach it. So, if you want to know kind of what's uh, what's the best ones that we recommend and what's going on, you 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 see what's out there driving. I mean, you're right. You're right on the Honda. Um, oh. you're, you're. I would also suggest maybe a Toyota. Toyota builds a great product. Thank you. You bet. Well, that's it. Appreciate the call. That's yeah. that's an int- I never had anybody be concerned about. Yeah. Us. Thanks for that. Yeah. Actually, yeah. thanks, John, for being yeah. concerned about us. Yeah. What we want to work Looking out for on. our well-being. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Usually, it's here. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I just Nissan with a rattle in the dash. Sounds <laughs> yeah. like it's deep in there. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. All right, we're going to take a quick break on Mr. Mechanic. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Be back in a minute. Take News Radio 1110 KFAB with you wherever you go with our free iHeartRadio app. From live radio to KFAB's podcasts, it's all right there on your phone. 
All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Got a couple open lines, so uh, give us a call. Power hour, get in here. Yep, power hour. We can put a few more through. Get that car fixed for you. Got to go back. Get it done. We're going to head over to Damon. Damon's got a 1940 tractor. Damon, what's going on today? Uh, So I got this thing, and uh, I plowed uh, one acre just to see if it was going to be worth even restoring. They did the job, but what I noticed is driving about two miles back to the house, uh, it started sputtering, and I I had to put it up in high throttle just to get it back. Mm -hmm. And then I did a tune-up on it, put new spark plugs in it. I even put a new carburetor because I thought maybe it was fuel-related. Checked the fuel bowl, cleaned it out, and took the air breather off, but it won't start. And uh, I've had it to where maybe one piston fired out of all the times I've started it. Like it wanted to start, and I'm kind of thinking it's something electrical. And, what, kind um, of, what kind of tractor are we talking about here? You got a John Deere, you got a Ford, Farmall? It's a Ford 8-in tractor. So oh, sure. I think they only made it for like four years, I think. Yep. Okay. So... What are you? We got to come up with what we're missing. Are we missing spark? Are we missing fuel? I would say we're missing spark. Okay, so you can take a spark uh, screwdriver, stick it in that coil wire, hold it to ground, crank your tractor. You got no spark hitting ground, right? Uh, I would say so because I mean I've flooded out that uh, that carburetor, so I know okay. it's getting air so, in there. Yeah, we know spark. we got air. We know we got fuel. Spark is where we're at. Very simple system here. You got a points system in your distributor. So you got one wire going to your distributor to your coil. And you should have power on one side of your coil with the key on, cranking. And your other side should flash ground. And that fires your field. So if you're not flashing ground, you know you got to get inside that distributor and look take a good look at those points. That flashing light, the, the one the one power on the one side tells you you got power to the coil. The flashing light's telling you that you're making and breaking the circuit, which means the points are opening and closing. If they're not opening and closing, they've got to open and close, or the, maybe the shaft is worn out at it. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility. Maybe it needs a distributor. But what do you suppose they? Uh, you suppose they they get rid of the points in there? Maybe went somewhere and put electronic in there. Um, they make a system to do that, yeah. But, yeah, that'd, that'd I mean, it, if this thing hasn't been restored, then I would doubt that it'd be done. Yeah, that'd be super, super dependable if you could somehow find something. But distributors where it at, so pull that distributor cap, wiggle that shaft back and forth, see if it's not worn out. You can take yeah, a screwdriver, put okay. your points, and just open yeah, and close your uh, points. Yeah, I put a cap and rotor on it, and I'm thinking it's, uh, but this one, I think uh, it's maybe the coil or... Uh, I've heard it has a condenser, and I'm not too sure what it does. Well, sure. Um, that builds your spark field, yeah. Yeah, so what Kyle is telling you there is if you pull the distributor cap and rotor and you turn the key on, you take a screwdriver and you just open and close those points to your making and breaking the field, you should be able to see a spark come out of the coil. If you oh, don't, I gotcha. If you don't see a spark come out of the end of the coil wire, you take the wire, put it in the coil, and put it over the ground. If you don't see that, that spark coming out of the end of that coil, you got a bad coil. So you're, you're, the whole system is working to that point, but the, the coil's bad. Yep. All you need is a test light. It'll be real easy for you. Yep. But, yeah, get in there, get a good look at those points. Maybe take a piece of printer paper, run in between there, clean everything off. Mm-hmm. See if you'll fire up. That's in your, That's where it's at. If you've got, if you got, we know you got air. We know you got plenty of fuel because you're flooding it out. That's in your area. 
Try that. Try that. Damon, let us know. Give us a call if you need some more help. Yep. Thank you. You You're welcome. I'm going to head over to Chris. Chris has got a 16 Volvo. Chris, what's going on? Hey, how are we doing? Actually, it's a 2006, so I'm going really old school. Okay. Oh, all right. Cool. (laughs) So, anyways, I've got a front end. It's kind of a rumble vibration that feels like it's coming from, like, the front driver's um, area. I've had the alignment done. I've had new tires put on. I've had a balance. And if the car drifts to the left, it's really, really bad. But if I just kind of turn the steering wheel just a little bit to drift it back to the right, it'll disappear. You need a wheel and bearing. I cannot figure it out. Sounds like you need a wheel bearing. I get a wheel so, bearing in there. So let, let, let's go through what you just said there. So if you take the wheel and you go to the left, you can hear that noise go away. But if you turn it to the to the right, you can hear it come back, correct? Just opposite of that, but yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. But, need a wheel bearing. Yeah, you need a wheel bearing. All you're doing is moving okay. load on and off of it. Yeah. Yep, yep, exactly what okay. you're doing. I, I took it in and had the wheel bearings looked at, and they told me it wasn't a problem, so maybe I'll just take it to somebody different. Well, part of that is is that when you look at the wheel bearings, so wheel bearings can go bad in a couple different ways. You, what, you grab a hold of a wheel, and it doesn't move. Zero tolerance is for a wheel bearing. You don't want any tolerance in it. But if you pull it in, lift it up, and shake it back and forth and it don't move that's one test of a wheel bearing the second test is taking it out and driving it and moving back and forth like you just described it that's a wheel bearing on the early stages it just hasn't got bad enough to be able to detect it by lifting it up in the air and shaking a wheel perfect all right that'll get it fixed I'll take it. I appreciate it. Thank you, you bet appreciate the call yeah wheel bearings can be weird yeah and the, the reason sometimes they only make noise under a load. You lift them in the air, put a stethoscope. You don't hear nothing. Take it for a drive. You know it's you know it's done. Yeah, yeah. I've had them roll up and uh, I've had them roll up and stop right on the drive. <laughs> Came from out of town and said, "Well, can I drive this home?" No, you were here. You were stuck. You were done. Yeah. How, how did you get this far? <laughs> Welcome to the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I hear I hear the the music, Kyle. It sounds like another hour. That went fast. All right. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in next week. Get in early so we can answer your questions. I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.